What up, Instagram followers, YouTubers, podcasters? Justin and David here from the Rugged Arts, and today on our very first episode, we're going to be discussing first-time hunts, mine and David's. Indeed. So how do you want to start this out, David? you want to go? Well, what's the parameters here? Are we, we talking about the first time we went out hunting for our own animal or just the first time we experienced hunting with, say, parents or loved ones, you know, whoever? I think it's like what it sounds like, the first hunt. So, you know, for me, that was when I was five years old. But for you, it sounds like it was later in life. Yeah, definitely. Um, my uh, my folks didn't hunt. None of my immediate family hunted. And so it wasn't something that was, um, you know, wasn't part of the culture of our family to do. So I didn't start till I was, you know, grown. <laughs> right. Yeah. And you said you started. What, what, less, what does grown mean? Oh. Uh, Oh, about 30. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. 20. I don't remember. I think it's somewhere around between 28 later. and 30, somewhere around there. Well, no, I guess it's a little earlier than that. Okay. Yeah, I was at 27, 28 years old. Yeah. Okay. You want me to start and That's tell you the bad. story? Do we want to go back and forth? Yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely want to hear your story. <laughs> Elaborate. Well, you know, it's, it's, my first experience was, uh, it was an interesting one. Uh, at least I thought it was interesting. The, uh, I, I, of course, I took the class online like everybody has to do. Um, and, you know, learned most of what I, at the time, knew about hunting from that class. And it's kind of funny now, I look back at that class like, boy, that was just kind of the tip of the iceberg but back then it was all i knew so i I had gotten word from uh some people that you know were obviously more experienced than me you know i could go to this area down around oh around rainier area and uh yeah find a gate you know and go in it's like all right so i yeah i you know i got out there and and i mapped it first night before and oh okay there's this big bottle body of water over here and i'm gonna head that way and i got there oh god i think three hours before sun up you know just right excited you know nervous the thought process being you know i get all the way into the spot and still have an hour to set up and wait okay <laughs> so i start walking in and it's a logging road or what have you so Every once in a while, I pull the flashlight up, kind of check my surroundings, and keep walking. And on one of those occasions, I pull up the flashlight, and here's this off to my right, a set of you know wide set eyes, and I'm assuming this is a deer. And uh, and there's look a little bit over. There's another one. I'm like, all right, maybe I'll just you know post up here till light comes up and see if they're still hanging out. So I look off to my left, just finish scoping things out, and uh, here's another set of eyes, but they're like, got kind of like a gold shine to them, and they're a little bit, you know, they're forward facing, they're close set eyes. Oh, what the hell is that? (laughs) 
But this thing starts bobbing and weaving its head and disappears. Huh. It's interesting. And it reappears about 20 or so yards closer to me. And it was at that moment that I realized I can't hold a flashlight to see it and draw my bow if it decides to keep coming forward. So, well, I'm not used to making these stories real streamlined. I, I had decided that those close-set eyes mean meant large cat, you know, of some sort. Cougar, bobcat, I don't know. We have cougars in the area, so. Yeah, I uh, I decided that I was outmatched in the dark and just basically backed my way back down the road, went sat in the car till, you know, till dusk when I could actually, or dawn rather, and could actually see what I was doing. Then spent the rest sure. of the day aimlessly walking around the woods, taking my bow for a nature hike. <laughs> well, that's that's how most bows oh, yeah. do it. I will say though, I, I hiked in. Um, I hiked in a couple of miles and got up on this ridge over a clear cut, and it was. I mean, most hunters who've been out enough have experienced it. You know, you get up there and the sun's just just come up or what have you, and and it's gorgeous when you're up on a ridge looking at like a mountain range. And so I sat up there for a good hour or two waiting to see if anything you know, came out into the clearing, but that was a good first hunt, I think. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I totally agree with your uh, decision there in the early morning hours. You know, when you don't feel comfortable, it's, it's just kind of best to back out. Right. In that particular situation, that was probably, you know, really creepy feeling. Yeah, oh, definitely. So, uh, I've had a situation, not necessarily like that per se, but I've, I've had that feeling where I'm in the woods and you're like, is something watching me right now? (laughs) And to the point where I just like, you know what, I think I'm going to go somewhere else. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, when I'm out hunting by myself, I always carry a sidearm. So, well, you know, it's interesting you mentioned that I, uh, I, I do now as you know as well. The next trip out, I had a I had a um, they had a little oh I don't know I think it was a nine mil, but yeah now I carry something when I hunt by myself. I don't when I hunt in a group though. Safety in numbers, I suppose. Yes. It... Yeah, you're probably less, especially for you know Washington. You're probably less likely to run into something as a group when you're group hunting but you know i i just i carry it regardless oh that's right yeah i remember you packed one when we went out which might have been why i decided not to carry mine because well i carry enough crap (laughs) sure oh yeah it can get cumbersome and heavy Uh, i just like to go with the whole idea of uh, i'd rather have it and not need it than need it and not have it yep So, but anyways, that's interesting. You were talking about, um, taking the classes online when I was a a younger man and I took my hunter education and safety course online wasn't a thing. Right. So I was, uh, 13, I want to say when I took that 
12 or 13 when I took that class and you had to go to an actual place, sit down, you know, listen to an instructor and then take this handwritten test. And, and then you had to go out to the uh, shooting range and we used a 20 gauge shotgun and skeet to familiarize us with, you know, weapons handling and, and shooting. So you didn't necessarily have to hit the skeet in order to pass. But you did have to manage not to shoot yourself. You had to look else. like so. you were at least safe with the weapon. Yeah, there's a, a level of competency that you need to be able to present in that moment. And, you know, if you can't, then I think they, they judge you poorly on that. At least I would from a firearms sure. standpoint. Well, and, and I'll be honest, I, I got so into the story, you know, I, I signed up for it online, but I took the course at Tacoma Sportsman's Club. So they did a similar oh, okay. thing. They had a, they had a, yeah. uh, uh, you know, they got trap machines. So you went out and shot. Oh, I think it was two or three shots. It wasn't very much, you know. And then they actually had you go over to the twenty-two range, and they handed you a twenty-two, and you shot. Uh, I think five rounds or something like that. It was basically just to see if you could, you know, clear it and handle it safely and stow it properly and things like that. It was less about your accuracy. But since I knew the instructors, we had kind right. of a little, you know, competition going. But And then they actually had a uh, live walkthrough where they used 3D targets um, set up in different scenarios through the woods where you would, you know, like they might have an animal that's just on the far side of a property boundary line that's kind of, you know, it's easy to spot if you know what you're looking for, but. If you didn't pay attention to that part of the class, you'd miss it. Stuff like that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes, you're saying. What was your first experience? Well, that's cool. That what was that? You. Well, yes. Uh, I was going to say that was cool that they had a, uh, uh, a quote-unquote real-world scenario-based training yeah. exercise for you. That that seems very progressive for the time because uh, we didn't have right. that when I was a kid. Uh, but so, like I said, when I when I first my first time, I was five years old. Um, obviously, I wasn't the one doing the hunting, but uh, my dad took me out for my first hunt when I was five, and uh, he he likes to get up before you know the dead <laughs> rise. So it was like three or four in the morning when we're getting up and he was already up before me so he had like coffee and and uh hot chocolate made and we'd load the stuff up in the truck and we'd you know boogie out to uh probably the green water areas uh relatively close to the bonnie lake area and that's out past uh enumclaw so it's pretty much the easiest hunting grounds to get to from where you were um yeah, from where we lived at the time. And so we'd boogie out that way. We'd stop, get breakfast at McDonald's, and and then uh, we headed out. And we'd so we get up on this uh, dirt road, and my dad wakes me up. And it's early morning, you know, the sun's coming up, and it's, it's breaking through the tree line. And we're on this uh, dirt road, and dad's like, Dustin, Dustin, look, look. You know, and I'm like, what? You know, scratching my eyes or rubbing my eyes or whatever as I'm waking up because I'm only five. So I was sleeping on the bench seat of this pickup. And I get up and I'm looking out the window 
and I see it, and it's this big old buck sitting, well, not sitting, obviously standing, in the middle of the road, maybe 70 yards uh-huh. from the truck, and he was kind of backlit by the okay. sun coming up, and and so you could still see him. It was very picturesque. My dad's like slowly creeping out of the truck and he's grabbing his 30 out six as he's, you know, heading out. And so I slide over into the driver's seat and uh, he closes the door all ninja like. <laughs> and I'm, I'm hand cranking the window down. And uh, as he's getting set, you know, he's loading around in the chamber and bringing his scope up on this buck. I'm so excited, like I can't contain myself. And so I kind of let out a big scream. I'm like, yeah, get him, dad. (laughs) And of course, that went over like a like a fart in church, you know. Yep. He uh, he he being the buck, he took off. And was gone, and in true blacktail fashion, disappeared just as quickly yeah, as one hop spotted. later, he's gone. Yeah, one hop later, gone, and you're just like, where did it go? I don't know, somewhere over there. So dad looks at me, and you could just see this immediate change on his face, right? Where like it was a look that was of concentration, and you know he was very in the moment to uh just the exact opposite where he's just like completely let down you know and his shoulders dropped you know and he kind of looked down at the ground and and then looked over at me and i'm looking at him with this big brimming smile you know because i just saw the coolest deer right and, and he's probably thinking to himself like dang it man couldn't you just keep your mouth <laughs> i need shut? 10 more seconds Ten more seconds and we would have been talking about this in a whole different light. Right. And so the moral of the story is is when dad has a bead on the animal, <laughs> keep your mouth shut. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So when somebody spotted the animal, be quiet. You know that's yeah, of course that would be the moral for you know the hunter, but it's interesting, you know, the hunting culture, it it's it's as much about getting harvesting an animal for food as it is about the camaraderie of doing it with, you know, your kids or your parents or, you know, friends or what have you. But as a parent, you know, I mean, think about this. You're, you're, you know, I'm not even sure how old you are, but, you know, you were five years old and you remember that story. You know, to this day, you remember getting up, you remember the excitement and the um, the things, you know, and as a parent, we know that your dad took kind of a little bit of, you know, he put that extra effort in making the cocoa and letting you sleep and, you know, doing these things to make sure that you had a good time uh, and enjoyed your time with him, regardless of the success of the hunt. I mean, of course, we all right. want to be successful, but. There's a lot that can be positives that can be taken away from the sport of hunting, whether or not you're successful. Right. I mean, yeah, if you want to get off into the philosophy of of the uh, moment, you could argue that 
uh, success is where you find it. So if you think that the success of the hunt is, you know, uh, getting an animal, well, then you, you're not always going to be successful. In fact, you'll probably be more unsuccessful right. than you'll ever be successful. But if you realize that there are learning moments every time you go out there and you can find them and you remember those learning moments and you, you know, enjoy the whole, from a holistic standpoint, the entire uh, event, then the success is different. It's not just the harvesting aspect. It's I learned something this weekend or this week or this day, whatever the case may be. And that learning moment will carry on forever. So you were successful, just not in the uh, idea of bringing home right. meat, right. you know? Well. So. But that's interesting, you know, that we, when you put it that way, because I think about my daughter's first hunt with me, our first time yep. together, and there's a lot of, like, uh, uh, similarities as far as um, those moments that we will remember forever, forever, whether it be my daughter or you. Well, our me, first hunt had a wholly you know. different feel to it, but we were successful and we were successful. Uh, <laughs> you know, we actually harvested an animal. That's a pretty good story, though, right. if you wanted to tell it. Yeah. I mean, that was successful in the sense that, you know, we went out and we got an animal and I told you on Tuesday or Wednesday when I called you to ask if you wanted to come that yep. we were going to get an animal. And the reason why I knew that was because I was able to put in the time to go scout, you know, and and figure out where they were moving through and at what time of the day. So I that's why I felt so confident yep. in that fact. Um, even though we got in there an hour late and there was <laughs> fog, um, which probably helped us yeah. out a little bit, but, uh, <clears throat> you know, as we're moving down that old logging road, it, we, when I saw that doe just kind of pop up out of nowhere in the middle yep. of the road in front of us, uh, where I shot her was only like 300 yards from, oh, yeah, we were just we down the road. Well, yeah. it's. So, well, I was gonna say she, that whole uh, that whole morning was one of those kind of, you know, learning moments because you know you like you said you had figured out you know an area that you felt the animals you know the the deer were moving through a lot, and you you know we were both kind of gung gung ho to get down there, but because of whatever setbacks we wound up kind of taking a more leisurely pace, a, a much slower pace to get in there because we kind of figured, well, we already missed our window. We might as well not blow it through this area too. You know? Right. So sure. learn something there because, you know. Anyway, go ahead. I interrupted you. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm, uh, <laughs> I mean, you were also there. I do. So you have a perspective to add. Um, no, that whole experience was fun and, uh, uh, successful in many ways. You know, mm -hmm. that was my first ever bow hunt. Um, and I don't know, that was probably that whole hunting season was probably the first time I've hunted that area. Yeah. But, uh, 
the fact that, you know, just months before, you know, I shot that doe in September, months before uh, I made a conscious decision to start archery hunting. And so, like, in February, I said, you know what, I'm going to buy a bow. And I bought a bow, and I learned how to tweak that bow and build on that bow and shoot that bow and uh, and then go hunting and harvest an animal all in that first year. So that I call that, you know, becoming a bow hunter in my book. Subtle but, plug. Uh, that, that experience was subtle book plug. Yep. Um, <laughs> campfire logs. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, that'll be an uh, awesome when that book gets published, but right. that's a different story. So, back to the, the, the first doe with a bow, that was a really fun hunt, you know? I mean, we were super successful, and, and uh, I didn't even realize I'd hit the doe yep. when I shot her, you know? Like, she turned broadside and gave me a shot opportunity. I went through my, my motions, and... And I thought I'd put the right pin on her. And when I shot, uh, I thought I just hit a log on the other side of her. Because my arrow, when it went through her and it came yeah. out, it shot up in the air. And then, you know, dropped down into that bush where we found it later. But what I saw was an arrow heading towards an animal. And then it looked like it went over. And when I heard that thud... Uh, was like yep. after I saw it, right? Sight because sight beats sound, and then, um, so I thought I hit a lot or yeah. stump on the other side of her. Well, it was really fascinating to watch from my point of view because being I was behind you, you know, uh, probably 20, about 20 yards, maybe 30 yards, you know, and you were she was just on the other, you were like right at the crest of a small downhill you know grade so i couldn't see her at all i could just see you and of course watch you do the it, it's so distinctive when someone spots something you know all the subtle body movements stop and you know it's kind of fun to watch but yeah i watched you draw down and I, and I you know i watched the shot and i heard the thump and it's a very distinct hollow drum sound it's 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 hard to miss when you hear it once you heard it you know um and then, of course, I the first sure. time I saw her was after I heard the impact. And she, you know, jumped and leapt off the edge of the road and down this clear cut. And, you know, and, and this was your, like I said, this was your first bow hunt. And thinking you had missed, you were Johnny on the spot, ready to go. You know, you had an arrow out again. You were ready to start putting a stock on her. But... Luckily, with the arrow sitting right there, and it was just almost laying on top of the bushes, you know, we were able to. Yeah, it was. It was. Well, I mean, it, it was. I don't. I think I might have a picture of it somewhere, but it was in the bush, like yeah, an ornament on a yep. Christmas tree. It was so weird and cool all at the same time, and then there was no question when you yeah, saw right. the arrow oh, yeah. was covered in blood. You double longer, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, kind of a high lung. It was like the I couldn't have gone any further back. I would have missed the lungs, but yeah, I luckily I I hit both lungs, so she didn't go very far before she piled up. Yeah, the whole, the hardest so. part of that recovery was getting her the last 
20 yards to the uh, to the road, there was all that deadfall and tree timber and whatever that they piled up next to the road. That was the only difficult part of the recovery. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, you know. Well, this well it has. Awesome. Uh, you want to end it there? I've got another story for you. No, I mean, you got well, we're talking about Go first hunts. And, and so that with you and me, that was our first hunt together and your first bow hunt. Um, I was out with uh, another buddy of mine the year prior, um, to you and I hunting, uh, and we're doing a little bit of, uh, road hunting and whatnot. And I'm with my buddy who has never, he'd never been successful in a hunt. He'd gone out, you know, he'd gone out quite a few times, but it never been right. successful. And so we spotted, um, we spotted a doe or I spotted a doe. So I bailed out, you know, make sure I got clear of the road and she stood there long enough for me to do it. So I took the shot and oh, I, I don't know, it wasn't very, you know, 35 yards or so. And, but she was quartered towards me a little bit and standing on the side of a hill. So she had this nice, you know, backdrop. And so I hit her at the, the front of the long a real tied up to the shoulder socket, you know, and then out kind of the back of the the second lung. And as I hit though, the arrow goes right through her and, you know, you hear that drum sound again, but it piles up in the dirt right behind her. And so my buddies, you missed, you missed. And the dang thing was she didn't jump or run. She just turned around and walked off. I said, no, I'm pretty sure I hit her. And he said, oh, you missed her. You missed her. I saw (laughs) the arrow. You missed her clean. Now, all right, I shoot a lot of competitions with him. I mean, we're used to seeing animals flying at foam targets. If he says I missed, well, maybe I missed. So I put out to, uh, she walked out to like 55 yards, you know, and I let one rip. And that time she was broadside. She just piled up. She didn't take a single step, you know. We go to go to find the arrows, and oh yeah, I hit her on the first one. I hit her on the second one, and my uh, it was interesting. There was I hit her like one of the exit holes was like almost touching the entrance hole of the first shot. It was all right through the lungs. Yeah, she turned around. Oh, she, she, she presented like her right way. side to me at first, and then when she walked off, she presented the left side. But yeah, she was. I hit her. Um, okay. I don't know if it's because I hit the lungs or what, but she was bleeding internal, and I didn't see anything on her coat to tell me that, you know, that I did hit her the first time. But, but yeah, it was just interesting that first experience, not knowing that drum sound, not knowing, you know not having uh, maybe enough patience that, but it was good. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, when you're like, so I started out modern firearm, right? You don't hear the drum sound, you know, you hear bang. And then if it's a well-placed shot, it just drop. (laughs) Uh, or, you know, they, they, you can tell that they've been hit 
even if they yeah. move off, you know, they run off. Um, so with the archery, yeah, that first doe that I got, that that thump or thwump, okay, actually describe it. I it that just sounded like shooting a stump to me, like because I've shot stumps as a kid, and that's basically what it sounded like was just right. a fast arrow hitting a stump, yep. you know. So that was that was that's uh, fun. That was I, I do enjoy that there's always a new experience to be had, and and I know one of the future episodes I'd love to talk about some of the kind of some of the rookie mistakes that we've had, you know. Uh, you and I both have, I mean, just oh, in sure. the time that you and I have hunted together, we've got plenty of stories of elk that could have been and should have been and, you know, so, but that's for a future episode. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Um, man, I just had I'm a very distracting, you know. Lose it. It's all your fault. <laughs> Yeah, that sultry, that sweet good, sound of my like, voice. Voice. <laughs> sure, that's what it is. Well, don't think on it too hard now. I hurt yourself. No, no. What I was going to say is uh, that as far as first hunts go, I find them to be so impactful that what I've decided to start doing and which I've done this last year is work with people who are adults who haven't had that opportunity to go hunting, you know, because maybe they grew up in a home where hunting wasn't a thing or it wasn't approved of, or, you know, maybe they didn't have a father figure that took them out or Or their dad wasn't into that stuff or whatever. And, you know, I've, I've met guys at work that are like, oh, that sounds really interesting. I'd, I'd be interested in getting into that. And so that's what I did. I took uh, one of the guys out that I work with, and he had a blast. Did he you see anything? Awesome. We didn't even get anything. Um, I want to say, well, I mean, we saw a ton yeah. of sign. It was fresh, fresh sign. No, actually, the bummer of it is, is and this is, uh, he'd probably tell you about this. We're out. It was early morning. We're getting out there. And I think this is like uh, okay. day two for us. And, or no, maybe day one. I can't remember. But uh, we're out driving around, and we're up uh, yeah. by the Olympic National Forest area. And um, there was a truck well, there's two trucks behind us that were kind of like pushing me along the road. Yeah. I don't like having people behind me. So I pulled over and let them pass. And what I should have done was been, uh, I shouldn't have let them pass because one of those trucks that passed us went down the road. And because we pulled over, we decided to go for a walk. And when we were out on the walk, right. It wasn't maybe 40 minutes later, we heard a gunshot and we're like, oh, okay. So we, we kind of stayed around because, you know, sometimes people miss and the animals will go running or whatever. And, uh, so we were kind of hopeful that maybe some hunter would have pushed a deer towards us. And this was, uh, 
uh, a spike okay. only, or I think it was, I mean, we weren't hunting elk, we were hunting bucks. I think it wasn't any buck GMU where we were, so we were looking for, because it was his first year, right, anything we were legal. looking for anything with antlers. <clears throat> right, yeah, so we get back in the truck a little while later. And we're driving along. We spend the whole day looking for animals. We found some really good spots to sit in and kind of like, in, uh, you know, like high traveled areas. And, and uh, so we sat and we waited and, and nothing happened. But yeah. uh, so we're driving out. Right. And we're driving down the road and I see this truck that's pulled over. Same exact truck. <laughs> and I see a hook sticking out of the back of the truck. And they're at the back of the truck with their headlamps on you know, uh, working on this deer and I'm like, Oh snap. So we turned around and we stopped by and they're like, Oh yeah, we just found it like an hour ago. Uh, we had shot it earlier in the day. So it was that gunshot that we heard after they drove past us. I'm like, Oh man, we could have, I could have got him a deer if I hadn't been such a nice guy maybe i don't know i i just don't like people being that close well you feel rushed i felt like i was to hurry up up when really you know you you don't want to rush you want to take your time and and get a good proper look right yeah they were just like they wanted to just cruise and hope they found something then they were going to stop immediately which was kind of what i was doing but i was i like a slow roll up on an animal so i don't spook it then you can slowly climb out of the vehicle, you know, and that's like road hunting 101, if you ask me. But uh, yeah, so anyways, his first hunt, somebody else got his gear. <laughs> well, still yeah. a good experience. I mean, uh, I've seen uh, I've seen the video of that hunt up on our, you know, on the Rugged Arts YouTube, and so I mean, I saw a guy face. <laughs> Shameless yeah, plug, a little bit. Shameless plug. Uh, you know, but I saw the guy. I mean, he was happy. He, he enjoyed his hunt, regardless of whether he's successful or not. You know, so. Well, hey, man, what do you want to do for next yeah. week's episode? Uh, I think we're gonna go and talk about basically what would essentially be chapter two in the book. We'll use that as a topic. Um, the first hunt is is chapter one so everybody that's listening to this kind of just got like a, a teaser on the first chapter of the book because though we went over the right. story i go into it in far more detail uh in the book and i feel like it's a really fun read nice. um so yeah uh, chapter two i want to say is uh well, we're not going to stick. Oh, man, I can't remember what chapter two is off the top of my head. I, I say we're not going to stick strictly to the book. I mean, we're going to have our own kind of running thing going. Yeah, I mean, totally. We, we like it, no, it's, it's the whole podcast is not like going to be about the book. No, you're right. Um, I just thought that that would be uh, uh, kind of like. An, an easy um, uh, series of topics to discuss because sure. they're already kind of laid out for us. Uh, but if if you come up with, something well, I think we could do. Uh, and then, man, we depending can, on what you know, if you, I know we already have a schedule, but you know, we could do uh, 
uh, near misses. You know, those times where. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, oh, that'd yeah. Be a good one. I've got some stories there, and I know you do All too. Right, so, whether it be shooting at an animal or, or you know, uh, right. any other teasers near misses, I don't want to give too much away. So, all right. Um, I, I like that. I like that. Let's do that. So, we're going to sign up. Yes, on sir. Here. I'm good. All right. Well, thank you very much for tuning in, YouTube listeners, podcast listeners, and any Instagram followers that decided to tune in today. We really appreciate it. Uh, go ahead and check us out on the YouTube channel that we mentioned, The Rugged Arts. And you can also follow us on Instagram. Feel free to like, share, subscribe, any of our videos. And always feel free to leave a comment as we would love to hear what you have to say. All right. So remember, hunt hard, hunt smart, and be safe out there.